WTL, where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by Gibran, <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. You got it, we're back. Yes, we are, we are back. We are Nebraska's first and only sports betting show, and it's been a wild ride. The trade deadline has come and gone. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, we'll recap a little bit of the Bud Crawford fight. We got yeah, to look back on that, you know, and we'll probably get into that in some of our hits and misses, and of course, we yeah. got a, another banger of a card for UFC coming no up doubt. as well. Every well, week. Let's start with some of the big line movements we've seen after the trade deadline. Yeah. Those teams, they, they just wait till the very end there in Major League Baseball. Everyone jockeying for, you know, leverage. You hear that word, leverage. Does yeah. the player have leverage? Does the <laughs> team have leverage? Uh, no, the richer get rich, yeah, richer. Yeah. You know, the rich get richer? Is that what I'm trying rich to say? Rich get richer. Yeah, yeah. They, that's basically what happens. And we saw a lot of that again at this deadline. Yeah. Some big moves that actually <laughs> move the, uh, your odds on favorites to win the World Series yeah, uh, in a big way. And I know you have a couple of them highlighted there, Jabron. Where do you want to start? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the couple that you really look at, Andy, is obviously the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. Yeah. They made big-time moves with the New York Mets, getting Mm -hmm. Verlander back to the Astros and then Scherzer on to the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. Before the deadline, the Houston Astros were at a plus 850 to win the World Series. Now there are all the way up to the third in line yeah. at a plus 550 to take down the whole thing. So you can yep. see how much just one player can impact the entire you know World Series standing, especially yeah. when the two favorites are coming out of the NL. Somebody has to take that AL spot, right. and obviously they're thinking it's the Houston Astros. Now, with the other side of that piece, it's the Texas Rangers that are in the AL West as mm-hmm. well with mm-hmm. the Houston Astros. They are all the way at a plus 1,100, Andy. They've moved all the way into, it looks like, Fifth place at a plus eight fifty. At a plus eight fifty, yeah. right behind, yep. right in line with the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays got leapfrogged by the Astros at that trade deadline. Their odds actually um, decreased. It went yeah. from a plus seven hundred to a plus eight fifty because they didn't really make any moves. They didn't have to make any moves. Well, they don't have to make any moves, Andy. But I'll I'll tell you one thing that's going to get a little wild here is that the Baltimore Orioles have took them over mm-hmm. in the division standing. So the Baltimore yeah. Orioles are winning that uh, division right now, and they're sitting all the way down at a plus 1,200 to take down the whole thing. A, a really fun one that I want to get into, Andy, as the you know the playoff chase heats up a little bit, uh-huh. the AL East is going to come down to it. It's going to oh, come yeah. down to one or two games, Andy. Yeah. And obviously both of these teams are going to be in the playoffs because they got three wildcard oh, teams yeah. right now. Yep. So it doesn't matter, but... To win the AL East right now, Andy, the leading team is at plus money. The Baltimore Orioles are at plus 110 to take down the AL East, and they're winning the division. <laughs> yeah. They're winning it by one and a half games as we're making this broadcast. And they're at a plus money. And they're at plus money. Wow. But if you're still on the Tampa Bay Rays, they're sitting there knocking on the door. There, You can get them at a plus 130, Andy. All the Rays do which is I, win. Which they... I think is a really good yeah. a really good, uh, you know, line for them at plus 130. But we have to talk about... Uh, Baltimore Orioles. They had, they acquired the pitcher Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals. Huge win, to, huge get, huge get. Yep. Trying to firm up that starting rotation for them going into the postseason and trying to win this mm-hmm. AL East to get better playoff seating. So I really thought that was a huge move by the Baltimore Orioles. I was reading an article earlier today about the 
winners, losers, you know, that's the first thing we <laughs> yeah, gotta do, sure. reaction videos on yeah, YouTube, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the big winners were Mets fans, and I'm thinking, really? You yeah. lose two aces, um, <laughs> and, you, and you win. But but I guess, I, doesn't that kind of speak to Scherzer and Verlander weren't getting it done? Too many people around New York area were saying they were, uh, you know, the tank, they're out of gas, all that yeah. stuff. Um, obviously, the odds makers, looking at these movements, the two biggest movers, Post trade deadline, the yeah. Rangers and the Astros, they don't believe that. Yeah, I, I don't think so, Andy. And yeah, you can say they are a quote unquote a lo- uh, winner, but I I think they're one of the biggest losers of the season. Obviously, <laughs> the, these guys yeah. were a projected top three World Series contender going right. into the season. Yep. Obviously, with a salary boasted uh, bloated roster, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I guess they did get a large group of prospects, you know, acquired in these trades or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, those those things are just going to be le- leverage for next season yeah. when they blow back up their salary stuff. So. I, I think they're in the loser category, I would say. Uh, another division winner that I, I want to mention because I'm a fan of them is the Minnesota Twins. I thought they had a chance to really add some pieces there, and they really didn't do anything other than swap righty relievers, you know, uh, Jorge Lopez for Dylan Floro. Uh, and I think we might have got the lesser of the pitcher in the trade. Whoops. So uh, I, I, re- I was really disappointed with the Twins because they are going to make the playoffs, I believe, winning that yeah. Uh, that and that AL Central, which is you know really down low this year, but if you're going to make the playoffs, you might as well make a push for something. And the Twins right. didn't do that. Well, and their odds did increase, so they got better. Went from a plus three thousand on a lot of books, you know, kind of your your long shot yeah. line there uh, to a plus twenty eight hundred, which you could argue is still a long shot. Yeah, but it didn't. At least it didn't go the other way. So they're at least I, saying the Twins didn't take a step backwards. And yeah, I think that's what you really had to be scared of, which is just shocking when you have divisions like the AL least where everybody's all in most of the time right yeah no doubt especially this year and then you have the al central it's like well who's gonna who's gonna stick around who's, and go who's to gonna the, stick it up one of you guys has to go to the playoffs <laughs> exactly. you're gonna have to and, go. and host some and host yeah. some games yeah uh, no and that that leads me into my next point andy we're talking about you know the playoff chase and all that kind of stuff the al central the cleveland guardians are only a game and a half back right now andy yeah and they're at a plus 290 to win the division mm-hmm. one of these two teams the minnesota twins or the cleveland guardians is going to win this division yeah and plus two 290, that is really good for the taking right now because we just saw it this past weekend. I was down in Kansas City, watched mm-hmm. the Royals sweep my sweep. twins, yep. and you know the Cleveland Guardians can do the same thing to them. So right. uh, I think that plus 290 sitting there pretty juicy, especially for those Guardian fans. Yeah, uh, I mean, it really, for yeah, Guardians, twins, that that's your central there. And then that was just kind of a head-scratcher what happened in Kansas City over, <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, nice little relief there for the Kansas City Royals fans. You know, I, I saw another article. Is this some guys talk about winners and losers once again going back to yeah. um, th- who won after this trade deadline. Uh, and some people are saying, look, there's a, a huge overreaction here for the Houston Astros because uh, after today's games, I think they're like a plus 60 run differential. Yeah. And, I mean, that's right in line with the Chicago Cubs. In the, now, in now, the Twins, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, like, these are good teams. And, okay, in a world you could see them doing pretty good – in the postseason or having yeah. a postseason run, but you don't have them now third in line to win the World Series. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm staying away from that plus five fifty. Oh, I think so too. And that's that that was the other thing I was going to lead into, Andy. There is you know talking about playoff chase and all that kind of stuff. The AL West obviously shoved the Houston Astros to the front of mm-hmm. that division. They're at a minus one fifteen 
right now to take down the division, and they are um, they're 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 tied with the Texas Rangers right okay, now. Okay. And we're I, I think the Texas Rangers their line at a plus one thirty is so far of a better get. Yeah. We're talking about uh, yeah. like you said run differential. The Texas Rangers at plus one forty seven. That means that they know go. how to they know how to yeah. score and they got yeah. the pitching and then they just acquired their yeah. closer and two solid studs. Right. In the rotation, so I I love the Texas Rangers to win this division, to be the number one seed in this division at the end of the year, and and go into the playoffs as as the AL West guy. You know, and maybe it's a it's a tired take, and it's a take you hear all the time, but uh, until we see the likes of Max Scherzer uh, and Verlander during the playoffs yeah. in October, you know, run out of gas or not perform well. <laughs> Um, then I'll say, yeah, don't bet on them. Exactly, uh, you know. But I, I have no reason to think that Max Scherzer can't flip a switch. And when it comes into fall time baseball, playoff baseball, yeah. it, it's all right there. It's going to come back, and, and there's there's more arms around him. He's not going to have to carry as much as he did for the Nationals. Yeah, no, I I agree, Andy. And like you said. It's not that big of a you know climb for him. They picked up Jordan Montgomery, who has had a better season than Scherzer already this year. So yeah. he's practically the better pitcher in the trade deadline for him. And we all know Araldis Chapman from yeah. you know Kansas City, uh, the Cubs. New York Yankees, all the all, you know. And everybody's like, well, he's having a down year. Yeah, he can still throw it 105 mile an hour. So uh, I think <laughs> he's going to be all right. So no, yeah. I, I really like the Texas Rangers. I think that's a very good line for him at plus 130 to come uh, to. Uh, you know, to throw money on them right now because I do believe that they are overinflating the Houston Astros yeah. with getting, you know, a Cy Young talent like Justin Verlander. And, you know, it's just putting them back in that familiar jersey where everybody says, oh, we've seen this guy yeah. at the podium before. So I, I really like Texas Rangers. Uh, I get why the line's the way it is, but I, I think the the smart money's on Texas. Yeah, I like Montgomery, Scherzer, Chapman, Stratton. Those pickups, that's They're unbelievable. The and then you, you talk about the 147 run differential with yep. their offense. And they're uh, at plus money. I like the Rangers. I like the Rangers as well. That, and that's just that's just the smarter bet right now as far as value goes. Plus 850 yeah. to 500. Anything I, else? I wanted to get your take on one thing, Andy, and it's the, the, the Angels staying with... Shohei Otani. I think we have to talk about it. You know, he remained in, you know, Los Angeles. It looks like they're going to try and fight for a wild card spot, Andy. They're six games out of their division right now uh, in the AL West, so they don't have much of a chance to win that. And uh, in the wild card, it's it's looking even. They're three and a half games out of the wild Mm -hmm. card, so that's not out of the picture, Andy. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you think. I what, what what yeah. what their I, mind was like? There. I totally understand uh, everyone. You know, an get, uproar. Get what you can for him. Get what you can for him. Right? Because he's leaving financially. This is not a sound decision to make. You need to ship this guy out right now and get maximum value for a contender. Yeah, a wealthy contender. They can give you a bunch of prospects back, a, a bunch of day one starters back. Yeah, uh, things of that nature. But uh, management. Ownership, everybody in that building thought the only way we'll be able to retain this guy is if we, we keep, keep him, him in the building right now. And also the one guy that no one has spoke to throughout this entire process is Shohei. Yeah. Otani might love it there. He yeah. might love well, he it. Well, he does. In, they so, do know that for sure, so, that he does like the weather and all that kind of stuff, and he likes playing in Los Angeles, obviously. And he probably wouldn't like been trading away. He probably yeah. wouldn't like that. He probably wouldn't so, have liked to go to Minnesota or Colorado or wherever they would have shipped him to. Uh, no, it, it's a— 
I don't I, like I the... think it's I think it's the better option to keep him. And they actually did acquire CJ Crone from the Rockies, yes, which is having yep. a very good year. Yep. And Lucas Giolito from the Chicago White Sox, mm-hmm. another bleeding team. So they did make some you know signs of life there. And Mike Trout yeah. should be here, should yeah. be back in the yeah. next couple weeks. So they can make a run at that wild card. I just Rodon, Rodon, and yeah. Trout. I mean, Rendon. Yep. Yeah, Rodon. Those guys are so injury prone, and that that lineup was contingent on those guys staying For healthy, sure. and they did not. And then yep. you start seeing the the fall, yep. and that's what happened to the Angels again. You can't predict injuries. That's no. just the one thing you can't do. Uh, I think the Angels. If they ever had a hope to keep Otani, this is what they had to do. Yeah. And if we're talking about like he's the greatest baseball player of all time, keep him. I, yeah, I think you got to do everything I in your power to keep him, not just focus on this season and getting a couple of right-handers and a left-hander. <laughs> like, give me a break. We're talking about Shohei yeah. Otani. Yeah, we're not talking prospects. We're talking about <laughs> maybe the greatest baseball player to ever live. So no, I like that take. And yeah, that's the only thing I had on it. Pretty fun deadline, and yeah. uh, I can't wait for the playoffs. A lot of movements uh, that uh, cause a lot of movement on the betting odds as well. Go. Well, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying the smooth, easy-drinking Ale Storm, the official beer of Omaha's AAA baseball team. Crafted with Pilsner malt and Sterling hops, making it the perfect summer baseball beer. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron, the Parley Pounder. You got it, you got it, we're back. Yes, we are, and we are getting back into your wheelhouse yeah. here. That is the UFC yeah. Fight Night. Got another big one in Bridgestone Arena out of Nashville. Nashville, baby. Nashville actually has some uh, big-time uh, UFC fighters uh, born and raised there. Yeah, so for it's sure. kind of been fun watching some of that content come out. No doubt. Uh, throughout the week. But we want to talk about the action that's going to be within the octagon. Yeah. And let's start with a light heavyweight bout. A couple ranked fighters here. We got the man Dustin Jacoby. He's a little bit of an underdog here at a plus. No, he's a favorite at a plus one twenty against Kennedy Nazuku, who's at a minus one forty out of Nigeria. I got that backwards. Yeah, the Nigerian is the favorite. Yeah, yeah, Kennedy Nazuku is the favorite there. That's what I the thought. Uh, yep, and, and like you said, light light heavyweight Andy. This is one that will likely come down to whether Nazuku's. Extreme power and explosive ability can get him past Jacoby's slightly more technical kickboxing game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- that's kind of where the fight is. With that said, the African sh- uh, savage, which is Nezjuku, uh, has shown massive improvements in his most recent fights, most notably showing some new wrinkles on the ground when he fought in USC 288 in May. So Grappling is getting better. Yeah, so he's adding that to his game. Given his relative youth in this division— uh, I think this is the man to watch, kind of in the light heavyweight come up. So I I, I like him in this fight, and I think he's probably going to KO him as well. So I, so I got him. I got the African Savage by KO, probably in the later rounds. Okay, because uh, a lot of people that I've been listening to, they're saying this might be a little bit more of a coin flip, and yeah. that's probably why you're looking at a minus 140, plus 120. You know? For sure. It's nothing way far out there to think that Jacoby uh, couldn't get catch him at least. No, I mean, no that's doubt. What we're looking no at doubt. We're, this like, is a heavyweight, light like, heavyweight. Like, like you said, Dustin Jacoby, number 15 in the nation, mm-hmm. 
at light heavyweight. But like I said, when you get these kind of fun new guys coming around, yeah, they yeah. throw these guys to them. Uh, so I really think yeah. this might be Kennedy's, the African Savage's, uh, you know, coming out party, breaking into the top 15 starting to work his way up the leaderboard a little bit. And Jacoby's coming off a loss where Kennedy's coming off a win. Two guys going in opposite directions. Should we move on up the card? Let's do it. A fighter that we've talked about many a time here, but is having a tough time as of late. The Brazilian, Jessica Andrej, still number five contender in this women's strawweight weight class, taking on Tiana Suarez. Mm -hmm. She's been on fire. She's number 10 uh, ranked right now contender in this weight class. She also has a 10-0 record. Heavy, heavy favorite is Suarez. Yeah, exactly. And while it might be flying under the radar, Andy, in in you know the terms of attention that this is getting, mm-hmm. this is truly a major bout for the strawweight division in this weight class. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, Jessica arguably passed her best now. You know uh, she lost her last two bouts via finish, but the former champ is still one of the hardest hitters at 115 pounds. So most imp- most importantly, she carries a huge amount of respect for her fighters and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I really you can't ever counter out Suarez. On the other hand has widely been recognized as one of the best prospects at both 115 and 125 for some time now, dating back to her debut in 2016. A remarkably powerful wrestler with a brutal top game. She holds wins over the likes of Nina Nunez, former strawweight queen Carla Esparza, and current flyweight champion Alexa Gracio. So she has some big names under her belt already, and she's trying to add to that. Most recently, Suarez returned from her over three years away to easily dispatch uh, De La Rosa, putting her right back into the title mix. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, with everything going down to this, it's, you know, this is obviously a huge fight for both of them. Andres. Trying to stay in the limelight. This yep. other uh, Suarez trying to get that title shot. You're looking at uh, Jessica with 35 fights, For total sure. fights in the UFC under no her doubt. belt, where Deanna only has 10 because mm-hmm. uh, she's an up and comer. And you talk about her wrestling, her grappling. I think you're only going to see that get better and better yeah. with the women's game. Now you're seeing it a lot more in high school. You're seeing women's wrestling at some colleges now. Even Shattern uh, here in Nebraska has sure. a women's uh, collegiate you wrestling program. So I think you're just going to see those skills really start to evolve and get better and better uh, in the women's game here. Um, you're not looking at any type of knockouts, yeah, TKOs, for or sure. stoppages at I all? am, I am. That's, oh. the, that's the only thing I'm looking at this one. You know— the big question here, Andy, is if Suarez isn't a flawless fighter. You know, I'm kind of, you know, jazzing mm-hmm. her up a bit here by any means. But despite her incredible ground school, she lacks a little standing. So, hmm. and you know, with Jessica, that's her whole thing. So, yeah. is she, and when, you know, when she's, unde- she's undefeated, like we said, but mm-hmm. punches at times... Uh, she throws wild punches when she's trying to get those takedowns. So yeah, yeah. Jessica could catch her on one of these. So the the two things you got to look at when you're looking at this fight is Jessica to win by KO, which is at a plus 650, okay. and then Suarez to win by submission, which is what I'm going to go with at a plus 120 here, Andy. I just think it's, wow. a, it's a really good bang for your buck because I think she might do this in the first round. If she gets mm-hmm. her on the ground at all, it's, it's over. over. Jessica wow. is not good on the ground. Suarez is one of the best wrestlers in women's res- uh, in women's UFC. UFC. So it, it's over if she gets to the ground, and I do believe that this is going to happen, and it might happen in the first round. Well, so Suarez, Suarez. take Suarez plus 120. 
best submission. Bet. That's your best bet. That's my right best there. bet. I like it. Uh, and she's so much bigger, too. Yeah, no doubt. She's taller. She's heavier. She's got a bigger reach. It's but, just what it is. You know, yeah. So, and she's younger and she's, she's heading she's up the younger ladder. And she's heading up the ladder. Like you said, yeah. Andre at 5'1, Suarez at 5'5. Five, five. You, you know, she's going to be punching up at her. Yeah. Suarez is just going to get low, get those mm-hmm. takedowns, and once she gets her on the ground, it's over. The reach is there for 62 to 66. Leg reach is there for 35 to 39. So all aspects she yeah. te- checks. Like I said, Jessica could knock her out, mm-hmm. but this is all leaning towards Suarez, and it's all leaning towards a submission. Yep. Take that plus money on that submission. Take it to the bank. All righty. Should we look at the main event here? Yeah, Andy. And I just kind of wanted to reach back to last week to the major UFC event that was held in Salt Lake City uh-huh. to the main event there because yeah. I believe I called that one right <laughs> with the plus money. Justin Gaethje, yeah. the highlight, taking down Dustin Poirier. I mean, you, you you can't predict you know highlights like that, but when you're talking about the highlight, yeah. you expect one to come. Boy, he he didn't let the fans down, did he? He did uh, not. I was going to save the hits and misses, but we can do it right now. That's fine. <laughs> no. So now we're getting into the misses, and that was me with the diamond. <laughs> Dustin, I mean, he just got ragged all there, man. He yeah. just, everything was out of it. Uh, and then Gage got him with an extra one. Yeah, he, always he, get he, got one, he got one extra one. He shouldn't have been able to do that. But Herb <laughs> got there as quick as he could. So, no, it was, it was a really fun uh, fun card to watch. How about Derek Lewis? Just oh coming gosh. back. Just coming Whoa. back into it. He nobody, looked like a beast. Nobody expected him Jeez. to do that. And then obviously his post game interviews are the best in the biz. Yeah. Uh, you know, before hit... he even got to the interview with the, <laughs> taking off the shorts, shorts and, doing and doing the, the DX, yeah, <laughs> DX chop. So no, you gotta love that. Very fun card, and that's yeah. the reason that you love the USC. Yep. They put on shows like that for the fans, and uh, like you said, uh, that Dustin versus uh, Justin bout for the BMF title was yeah. w- one for the ages, and very good for the highlight. It was pretty awesome, and. Yep, all it takes is just one of those kicks to the <laughs> jaw, and you are done. He was night-night. So. Dealing. I, I, I don't think that's the last we've heard from Dustin either. So it was a good fight, but uh, the highlight came out on top. Yeah, they still need to do the rubber match They now. do. Yeah, they do. 1-1 so, yeah. one, one now. 1-1. One, one. There's a couple other fighters out there, notorious, uh, yeah. uh, that are calling for old Gaethje now. So for we'll see sure. how that pans out. Yeah, it'll be fun, no matter any way it shakes out. All right, so fight night here in Nashville coming yeah. up this Saturday. Main card starts at 8. PM Central Standard Time. Yeah. Interesting catch weight bout here between yeah. Corey Sandhagen. So much publicity right now about Corey Sandhagen. So hot. He's so hot right now. Uh, taking on Rob Font, and a lot of people are giving Rob Font a uh, tip of the cap here for stepping in yeah. because we had a, a fighter uh, that wasn't able to go here. Rob Font, on short notice, the Puerto Rican said, I'll do it. I can do this. And he's he's a dog. He's a plus 225 <laughs> dog here. Exactly, Andy. And yeah, everybody that follows UFC knows Rob Font ain't scared of to fight anybody, anytime, any Anywhere. And mm-hmm. this just shows to it because Corey Sanhagen is one of the best in the business. Yeah. Like you said, it should have been Umar Nurmagomedov fighting this guy, mm-hmm. which really would have been a highly anticipated belt uh, bout in that weight class, Andy. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, he had to back out, but. You know, Rob Font sitting at number seven. This is a say, huge. Yeah, it's a huge. Contender. It's yeah. a huge get for him, Andy. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about him being a warrior. No, it's just smart. Yeah, it's just smart for him to come in, try mm-hmm. and take down one of the best people in the division because it shoots you right up the ladder if he can take down Sanhagen. Uh, you know, however. 
Quite the opportunity. It really quite, was. Quite the opportunity, but I think it's going to fall on dead ears because I do got Sanhagen here, Andy. Yeah. Font can be outstruck largely in his, you know, face with a heavier hitter, which Corey, mm. Corey is, obviously. Sanhagen, on the other hand, is he's ridiculous dangerous yeah. just throughout his whole game in all areas. He's not only capable of exploding at opponents with his striking, as mm-hmm. we saw against Song Yon Dong and Frankie Edgar in his, you know, last fights. Mm-hmm. Realistically, the only fighter to really handle the Sandman in UFC was Aljamain Sterling, which is the Al champion yeah. of the. <laughs> even TJ Dillonshaw and Peter Yan only edged past him, you know, but they took a lot of damage. So I, I Sandman, mm-hmm. Sanhagen, he's going to take this one down. I don't for sure. Uh, I, the best bet I got here, Andy, is Sanhagen by decision, which is at a plus one sixty five. Okay. If you just take him outright, you have no you have no value there. You yeah, know, you have no value uh, with just taking him. You well, know, didn't it open like at a minus two sixty or something like that, and it's just been climbing ever since. Exactly, then. and it's going to be well over minus three hundred by Saturday. Yeah. So I just don't see any any reason to take that juice. Right. I, I I really think. Corey Sanhagen, by decision, is the best play. I don't know because Rob Font doesn't get knocked out either. If you yeah. want to go Sanhagen, it's 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 sitting there, you know, at a plus one seventy to get you know for the knockout as well. But mm-hmm. I really like it by decision just because Rob Font is such a tough guy. Yeah. So I got plus one sixty five for Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, everybody's giving Rob Font a lot of respect here, but are kind of singing the same song as you. Is like he's probably going to drop this one. Though. Yeah, I think so. Um, you heard the horn there. That means we're up against it. You are the par. Yeah. Lay pounder. You got a parlay play for I this. I do, and we. We've talked about both. We've talked about both these plays already. I got Tatiana Suarez by submission at plus one twenty. Okay, checking it there with the Sandman by decision at plus one sixty five. Together, it's a two team parlay at a plus four eighty three. Putting twenty five dollars on it to win one forty five. There you go. And Can't once again, it. yes, I like the two legger. You know, your odds substantially increase. Yeah, cutting for sure. that from and a they're three both plus two. money and yep. both uh, both really really good uh, things that can happen. You know, happened. You know, happened in these fights. The submission and the decision. Last two fights of the night. I like it. Let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure. Whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit stockandrod.com, all one word, to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by the Parlay Pounder. You got it. You got it. And uh, now we can do a few hits and misses here, or what we have left of them. Yeah. And I think we both hit in a big way. For sure. Maybe not as big as old Terrence Bud. Crawford, yeah. uh, but we both had him winning in a landslide. I actually listened to last week's guest, Jimmy Allen, and I bet on the fifth round. He obviously didn't get the uh, knockout in the fifth round, got it in the ninth, but it felt like he was in total control. Yeah. Um, before that fight, Errol Spence had been knocked down and a total of zero times yeah. in his 28 fights. I think Bud knocked him down three. Three, three times. And once be- before the fifth. So I was thinking, oh, boy, I hope he doesn't knock him out in the third <laughs> uh, No, exactly, <laughs> Andy. The, yeah, my whole thing was that I thought 
Crawford by KO TKO was the you know yeah. freest money out there, and it was yep. it, that was anywhere spanning from plus two sixty all the way up to plus three twenty wherever yeah. you could find it at, and that was yeah a little bit of a good payday after after the the yeah. Twins lost me money <laughs> playing to the Royals. So <laughs> I no, saw that. <laughs> the, the 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 Crawford that was the good money there. The the KO TKO at any time. Yeah. So that that's where I made my money, and it was a uh, good for good for Crawford. Total domination. Let me run down some of these stats yeah. here. Other than the opening frame where Crawford was doing his thing, was kind of feeling out. Both his men opponent. were cautious. Uh, yep, they they were, but uh, Spence got that opening frame. Yeah. Uh, then it was all Crawford from there on out. He uh, easily won the second, third, fourth, all the way through the ninth there where you actually saw uh, the stoppage. Yeah. Total landed punches 185 to 96 yeah. plus Crawford. Yeah. Almost uh, doubled him up. Thrown, Spence threw 480 punches. Crawford only threw 369. He was landing 50% of his punches, Jabron. Yeah. No, and, that's crazy. Look at this. Uh, uh, power punches landed. 98 <laughs> power punches compared to 63. 206 jabs. Yeah. Uh, thrown, landed 87 of them compared to landing 33 jabs. For Spence, I mean, this this so lopsided. Of he, a he's just target. in a higher class of fighter. He's yeah. he's he's just the he's he's the goat. He's the absolute goat yeah. at this weight and against Spence at any weight that he wants to do it. He's gonna find oh, the same results. Oh, so you're not listening to the people out of Texas? I am not listening to anybody that thinks that Earl Spence has a chance against Terrence Crawford. He I, doesn't. Yeah. There's we just saw it. Yeah. it. The only the like you said, Spence was only able to win one round. It was when you know Terrence mm-hmm. was just being cautious and figuring out what was going on <laughs> he was simply overwhelmed after yeah. that after yep. he got knocked down in the second round and the seventh saw further breakthroughs for Crawford as he pummeled Spence to the canvas twice more like you said yeah. he went from zero knockdowns to three in his career all by the same guy in the same fight he don't want to fight this guy again I don't think it, you can make up whatever That's narrative bad. you want to uh the only reason he would come back in is to get that big payday again right. uh but he's he's gonna he's gonna fall once again to Terrence Bud Crawford I honestly was kind of shocked with that narrative that that uh Spence <clears throat> was saying and his whole camp was saying and then all of his people you know from Philadelphia from Texas uh oh he went down to 147 he had three belts at 147 it doesn't don't, matter yeah don't give me don't give me that excuse, especially after the fact. Then I saw Sugar Shane Mosley. Oh, you know, he got in a car wreck, and you could really tell a car wreck. Look at his face was all red. No, his face was red because of, <laughs> oh, how many jabs? 87 jabs. 87 jab power punches <laughs> to the face and got knocked down three times. Uh, the reason that it probably surprised him. He's never seen him like that before. No. If he gets back into the ring with him, it's going to happen again. How about this was a real good treat for everybody that bought the pay-per-view, watching Eminem walk oh. out Terrence Bud Crawford. From there on, I knew the fight was over. If, if you're going, you know, Eminem, yeah. you know, 8 Mile, walking you, the actual guy from 8 Mile walking you out yeah. to the ring, you got it in the bag. It's easy. Um, that was awesome. The guys I was with, the rumor in, uh, that we just went crazy. It was crazy. That. It I mean, was we, awesome. You heard a little, you heard some rumors, you heard, oh, he's trying to get him. You're like, yeah. okay, yeah, we'll see, you know. Yeah. And then when you actually saw that, the pause, they just did that perfectly. <laughs> it was. And, and how about the troll, <laughs> the fish fry? Yeah. He started. <laughs> For sure. He was wearing fish nets, and he had the fish net design on his shorts. Yep. I'm like, man, but when Bud tells you he's going to put put it on you. He's going to put it on you. <laughs> oh, 
I hope it happens again because it's going to be the same exact thing, maybe even sooner. Okay. So. Congratulations to Nebraska's own, Omaha's own, getting his big payday his way. Had to jump through so many hoops. Yep. Finally got it, and there's no arguments now. He is the undisputed GOAT, and not one, but two weight classes, four undisputed belts now in this welterweight division. That boy, and bud. Narrow, if you want to take your medicine again, uh, I'm going to be a lot more the same. It's going to be a lot more the same. I it's think awesome. You're right. It's awesome. Well, let's stay within the ring here. We yeah. have another big, high-profile fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe some more antics uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. um, along the way, but that's what you're going to get when you have Jake Paul. The problem child. <laughs> Taking on another old UFC fighter, yeah. retired UFC fighter, Nate Diaz. This is being called Ready for War. Yeah. It's taking place in the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Uh, pay-per-view um, is on the dozen, dozen pay-per-view. It yep. goes to the highest bidder, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and the line here it was really shifted towards Jake Paul. No doubt. But he is your orthodox um, boxer uh, compared to Nate Diaz, who's a southpaw. A lot of times that's looked at as an advantage. But Diaz is a UFC guy. He's not a boxer. He's just... a brawler. He's a he's a he's a wrestler. He's he's all of the above. Yeah. He's one of the toughest guys have, that oh, has yeah. ever you know fought in the UFC. But mm-hmm. this just isn't what he does. He doesn't box people. Yeah. So no, at, like you said, after months of you know heated verbal exchanges, they finally got this deal done uh-huh. uh, for for Diaz. Like you said, it'll be his professional boxing debut. <laughs> while you know, like he's like I said, he established in MMA, one of the best, one yeah. of the all time greats. But Diaz may coming, you know, maybe coming up. He's against, also thirty eight years old. Yeah, he's also very very old, and you know. <laughs> it, it, He's going to be met with criticism when it, you know, when it comes to his boxing ability. It's just what it is. But you know, Paul making his debut in 2020 has increased the difficulty of his opponents. You know, every time except for this one, he's digressing yeah. after he lost to Jake Fury. He's going back yeah. into the UFC pool. Yeah. But I, I think the problem child holds the very huge advantage, yeah. and you're seeing it with the minus 390 line for Jake Paul. Yeah, and he's also getting back into his natural weight class here at yeah. uh, 185. He's taller, he's heavier, he's uh, 12 years younger. I, I mean, everything just kind of points to Jake Paul here for this uh, pay-per-view. <clears throat> is there is there any like uh, betting angles or lines that you are looking at other than just the straight-up uh, Jake Paul here? Because there's no value in that. Yeah, for sure. The, the the lowest value one that you would still take and maybe throw into a parlay is the Jake Paul by KO sitting at minus 150. So that is not terrible, mm-hmm. especially if you throw it in with something Jeez. else over the weekend. A uh, couple things I just want to go. The goal for both of these men, Andy, is simple in this fight. Make a statement. You know, mm. you know, put it in the judges' hands, all that kind of stuff, but for completely different reasons. For Jake Paul, he'll want to prove that he is still a credible operator in boxing mm-hmm. following his loss to Tommy Fury. Yep. Uh, you know, no doubt both men will come out swinging due to the intense rivalry, but sure. it will be Paul who can see the most expected you know, effective using his boxing skills to soften up Diaz, most likely be targeting the body before finding an opportunity to land his trademark overhand right, which mm-hmm. is Jake Paul's big one. Oh, yeah. That does not mean Diaz has no chance of winning this fight. If he emerges victorious, the former UFC will need to make this fight an unpleasant one for Paul. And he can do that by using some dark arts to frustrate Paul Dark in, in the hope that he will, you know, make a mistake. You know, uh, Nate Diaz is one of the best. 
you know, talkers in all of, you know, oh, sure. MMA. Yep. Yep. He can get under people's skin, but Jake Paul mm-hmm. has made a living of doing this so far. But if Nate Diaz has any fight, chance of winning this fight, he's going to have to open him up. Yeah. He's going to have to get him thinking stuff and, you know, you know, get over top of him. So I, I, I just... I can't see Paul dropping this, you know, just to the level of, you know, boxer that Nate Diaz is at this age. So I, I really like Jake Paul, but I think it's going to go on for a long time. I got Jake Paul to win in round eight, which is at a plus 1,200 right now, okay. which okay. is a very good value. Go. I just think that for this to be an actual promotion, they're going to have to string it on a little bit. Yeah. And yep. Yep. I, I like round eight. It's a good number. And plus 1,200 is very good. Kind of reminds you of like some Bud Crawford fights that he would have in Omaha where you knew he outclassed the guy, but sure. he would dance around with him for four or five rounds and he would knock him out. Yeah. You know, trying to give everybody. And that was just nice of Bud to do. Yeah, uh, for sure. And in the first round. Um, yeah, because Nate Diaz, for everything that he did in MMA, you know, he, he won 21 uh, fights there, but he also lost 13. Yeah. Uh, he really shot the stardom, in my mind, when he beat Conor McGregor. For sure. Twice. Twice. But out of well, all— once. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, but out of those 21 <laughs> wins in the UFC— he only has five KOs. Yeah, you no know, doubt. you know, there's just so much more to his UFC, his MMA game, uh, than just striking, than just straight up. His whole thing is he stays in fights. He doesn't get knocked out. That's his whole calling card. So yeah. if if people are going into this fight thinking that that he's not going to get knocked out or anything, Jake Paul by decision is is plus three fifty. So that is yeah. still a little bit of a you know uh-huh. that's pretty good value there, Andy. With something that could you know truly happen if Nate can withstand everything. I I just don't I, he's never boxed before. I just yeah, don't think yeah. he has the, the knack for it. But if you guys are diehard Nate Diaz fight, fight fans out there, him by KO is at a plus 550. Him by decision is all the way up to a plus 750. So mm. there, there, there is some value there. If you are on Nate Diaz, I still think the best thing is Jake Paul by KO at a minus 150. If you think that Nate has the chin to keep up in boxing, the plus 350 by, for Jake Paul and the decision is the two best bets. I just I just hate that the age differential there, then also the experience differential. For sure. So, yeah, give, give me something like that for, for Jake Paul. And, <laughs> and you really have reversed it because last time, a Fury, you are all over Tommy Fury saying, this guy is an actual boxer. Yeah, I, I was. Know, compared and, to- <laughs> yeah, I was. And he did win the fight, but Jake yeah. made it interesting yeah. with him. So he showed yeah. me a lot in that fight, even though he lost uh i i don't like that he digressed in competition but yeah. i agree you have to you have to sell you have to sell the fight you gotta you go sell out pay-per-view hey. yep. and tommy fury's doing the same thing he's fighting ksi which is you know another influencer like jake paul so yep. uh, they're all doing it might as well might as well make some money all right, you heard the horn. That means we're up against it. Let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners. That is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying the smooth, easy-drinking Ale Storm, the official beer of Omaha's AAA baseball team. Crafted with Pilsner, Malt, and Sterling Hops, making it the perfect summer baseball beer. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. Welcome back to WTL, everybody. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Gibran. Ooh, the Pauly Pounder. You got it. <laughs> All right, now it's time. We've been going through the NFL divisions yeah. here. Uh, and let's get on over to the NFC East. Ooh, the beast. 
a lot of buzz, like there always is, whether the division's up, down, or whatever. Uh, we always hear a lot just being from the East Coast there. Yeah, well, so many... just a lot of fans of these teams. These are, you know, yep. four of the blue bloods of the NFL, obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that's just the way it goes, you know. Yeah, and one team has been around for like three seasons, the Commanders. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny how they do that. Yeah. But this is a fun division because it usually goes up and down, and there's yeah, different sure. winners year no in and year out. There's been three different divisional winners the last three years. The Philadelphia Eagles are the latest as of last year. Yep. They're going to try and repeat, and they are the odds on favorites, but we always like to start at the bottom yeah. and work our way up. Com- uh, just going off the odds, and that is the Washington Commanders. I'm looking at like a plus 1,200 right yeah, now. anywhere from plus 1,000 to plus 1,200, Andy. And like we're saying with the Commanders, if there's anything that Washington fans can celebrate, it's former owner Dan Snyder, yeah. sale of the franchise yeah, to a new gone. ownership group that includes L.A. Laker legend Magic Johnson. So, mm-hmm. no, I uh, that is one thing that you can kind of look at, Andy. The other thing I want to look at with the Washington Commanders, their over-under is sitting at, at six, and, uh, six and a half wins. Okay. So, you know, poor results have plagued the Commanders for years, you know, a.k.a. the Redskins, a.k.a. the football team. But they mm-hmm. still went eight. Eight and one last yes, season, Andy. Yes, I know. They, they they have settled on quarterback Sam Howell for now, and even if he starts mm-hmm. slow, having consistency at that position should help the Commanders. While it's easy to overlook Washington, you still got to look at playmakers like Terry McLaurin yep. and Jonathan Allen. So they do have some playmakers. Key stat I have for Washington: they have started fourteen different quarterbacks since two thousand seventeen, but has won at least seven games, Andy, in seven of its last eight seasons. Yep. So. So even though they're a bad team, they're sitting right there at seven wins year in, year out. That's why that line is sitting there at six and a half. I think they get it done again. I I just like the way that they're able to grind out wins. Obviously, I like their head coach, Ron Rivera, ex-Panther. So I just like the way that they kind of grind out wins. I think they'll get over the six and a half. They have no shot of winning this division, though. No shot of winning the division, but I I agree. I think they can get to seven, maybe eight wins. Yeah, for Uh, sure. And Ron Rivera, his uh, style of coaching, it still works. It still works uh, wonderfully in the NFL and especially the NFC East. Uh, He's getting it done with... You know, really second-rate quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and a host of running backs. No doubt. You know what I mean. So, um, I he's he's a really darn good coach, but in a really tough <laughs> position. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a. I feel it's kind of like a. Kind of a free shot for him. Yeah, you know, no the, doubt. There's no, there's no pressure on no him No pressure here. at all. Uh, they they, they don't. They didn't. Year. Yeah, they don't have a huge, you know, guy at quarterback that's demanding money or demanding wins and all that kind of yep. stuff. I believe their defense is very solid, which will keep them in games. Mm-hmm. And like you said, running that football, being in games late. Uh, Ron, Riverboat Ron, figures out a way to win. So I like over six and a half wins, just no chance to win the NFC East. No shot at the division, though. All right, well, let's move on up to the New York Giants. They're sitting in the three-hole there at a plus 850. Yep. Big Blue, you know, a lot of people out of New York are saying, this is our year, this is our year. You know, they kind of remind me of Husker fans in that regard. Yeah. Um, But maybe there's some truth to it here. Uh, Saquon Barkley did get under contract. Uh, A lot of naysayers. I was surprised at how many people... 
were throwing shade at him for <laughs> signing a con- He had no leverage, and yeah. he signed the maximum amount that he could. Yeah. And it's not your money. It's his. It's his. I- I'm just fine with it, and I don't think running backs are undervalued. I don't know. I It's just a different game now. It just it, It's a different game. People look at analytics, and they all check out. It's just yeah. the way it is, Andy. Uh, running backs, once they get past four or five years old, they start decreasing in value. That's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. And he was a top five pick, so he had a great signing bonus. Oh, for sure. The guy's rich. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing I want to look about with the Giants, Andy, is Daniel Jones in- enjoyed his best professional season quarterback ranking. Yeah. However, which I really liked because mm-hmm. they need to do that, obviously. Yeah. Yep. So th- they and they also grabbed a speedy wideout to help on, wh- help out Jones with that stuff. That regard as well. They're sitting there at over under seven and a half wins, Andy. I think this is very doable for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. They're they're one of the most surprising teams as of last year. I think they can kind of you know funnel yeah. that energy, especially with getting Saquon you know under contract and making him happy. The key staff for the Giants they have not had <laughs> they have not had back to back seasons with at least nine wins since eleven twelve. So yeah, uh, it's been a while since they can actually do that. But I do believe that they can get eight wins. Yeah, and they, they've been able to do it before. And Danny Dimes, he did uh, do better yeah. last year compared to the previous year. You know, only having 15 touchdowns, I think that's part of the coaching staff saying we want to take that risk out of his hands. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you have Barkley as a running back, so when you get in the red zone, run the ball. Run the ball. I have nothing against that whatsoever. Uh, I think they're using the young quarterback in a good way, letting him build confidence, and maybe he can build a little bit more uh, here in, what, year three, year four. Yep. Um, so I do think the over-under is attainable. I'm not <laughs> so sure about the division though yeah no i I just think this division being top heavy with the eagles and the cowboys Mm -hmm. i just think it's a little bit too much for the giants to make a huge step like that in winning this division we we can't forget though andy that they did win a playoff game against the very good team of the minnesota vikings and then obviously fell to the eagles in the divisional round i'm just saying that if you want an outside chance with a lot of value the Giants at plus eight fifty is where where that is, but I do believe the yeah. over seven and a half wins is probably a lock for the Giants. All right, so let's move on up the ladder here yeah. in the two hole. Yeah, second pick to pick, pick to finish second in the division. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys at a plus one ninety, and I mean <sighs> Dallas fans, they are so elated that they got rid of Kellen Moore. He's been the cancer. He's been the one uh, why this team can't get over the proverbial hump. Let me tell you, Dallas fans, uh, they were number two in scoring last year, two or three in passing yards. Their offense was not the problem, even though everyone's like, well, yeah, but our defense is great. We have Micah Parsons. Yeah, that's one player. (laughs) You had some holes, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The other side corner, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think you should be celebrating Kellen Moore out the door. Uh, I actually like the young coordinator. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And at plus 175, I just don't believe there's any value at taking the Dallas Cowboys to win this division at plus 175. This is a team, Andy, that I just don't, you know, they they just don't have the spark for me, Andy. They just don't. They're not coming off a Super Bowl. They're not coming off a playoff win. All yeah. that kind of stuff. This is the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about. And yeah, shooing an offensive coordinator out the door and then mm-hmm. giving the play calling back to the head coach that could call the plays anyways. Right. That that stuff never makes sense to me because if Mike McCarthy was so good at play calling, he would have been doing it all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. And with the departures of Zeke, I, I just I think uh, they lose that goal line. Yeah, that goal line back. They did add Brandon Cooks, which is a really good wide receiver. Right. He's yep. getting up there in age though. But I, I just think 
with all of this stuff that happened in the offseason for the Dallas Cowboys, the pressure is just heaping it on is. Dak Prescott. Yep. It, the, <laughs> and you see everybody's all these looking videos. at this, everybody's looking at Dak Prescott saying, This is the year. This is the year that everybody's looking at you. Yep. We're supposed to be the Super Bowl champions. You are you have supposed to have been done this already yep. like two two other times. Mm-hmm. You know, make deep runs in the playoffs. Hasn't done it since his rookie year. Yep. So this is all on deck, and I just think he's going to crumble under the pressure. Cowboys don't make the playoffs this year, so I am not taking this plus 175 to win the division. You know, and he threw a few too many interceptions last year. And no doubt. That, and that chirping's already begun because some video came out of camp of him throwing picks. For sure. <laughs> uh, and you, you mentioned the departure of Zeke. I'm hearing that the Cowboys think they're going to get him back through free agency, and I think that would be in their best interest because it sounds like Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball a lot more than they For did sure. last year. That's fine that's dandy it's one thing to say it's another thing to do it very and much i don't know if tony pollard a guy that's been injured you know off and on going through injuries is throughout he the guy? his career yeah can he be is that he the guy? three down guy yeah uh do you really want to give him 20 25 carries a game when you he's he was fantastic in his role splitting carries with zeke yeah uh so yeah a lot of changes here for the cowboys but as always in big d a lot of lofty expectations as well exactly in the cowboys like you said average Average 32 points a game in their 12 wins last year, Andy. So yeah. they can put up points. They only averaged 18 points in their five losses, though. Obviously, that's you know one of their losses came when Cooper Rush was winning and all that kind of when when he was playing yep. quarterback. Yep. So you, you see what happens there. I just don't. I don't like the Cowboys this year. I have them <laughs> under the nine and a half wins. I don't think they make the playoffs in the AFC Beast. So that leaves the Philadelphia Eagles. The, Eagles. the odds on favorites had a minus 125, and everyone's saying, and I tend to buy into it. They may have gotten better through the draft, through free agency. Uh, some of the things that they have been able to do compared to the la- their last year's team, who made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forgetting division titles, I think the Eagles might win the Super Bowl this year. I, yeah. I, I really think that, you know, for as everybody's saying, well, their coaching staff is plucked and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. this team is together still. Yeah. They know what they need to do. They still have a handful of riches with all of their – you know, uh, the quarterback, running back, mm. wide receiver, all that kind of stuff. And that O-line is the best in football, especially yeah. with a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts MVP, Eagles to win the Super Bowl are two big bets heading into the NFL season with good standing. Yeah, and it's tough to argue. And we also have Cam Jurgens moving over to guard. Mike, uh, shout Go out Big Husker, Red! Husker shout out there. Uh, they draft him as a center. Um, but, you know, our guy from uh, that podcast, New Heights, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kelsey brother? Jason. Jason. The Jason. <laughs> he wanted to hang on one more year to, for another Super Bowl run. For sure, Andy. And they're over under sitting at 10.5 wins. And you got to think to yourself the no matter the strength of schedule for the for the Eagles right now mm-hmm. a line of only 10 and a half wins for one of the most talented teams in the NFL i think it's a no brainer i think the overs hitting on this philly went 14 and 3 last year they get another game added onto that yeah the Eagles had a point differential of plus 133 in an NFL season last year. Wow. The third highest wow. in the league. I think they blow the roof off of this division. I think they're heading back to the playoffs. I think they're heading back to the Super Bowl. 
I like it. I, I really can't argue with the Eagles. Uh, they showed me a lot. I was trying to fade them a little bit last year, and that yeah. caught up to me. I'm not going to do it again. And we just talked about how Jason Kelsey and other veterans are coming back. They want to run it back. That's the mindset in the locker room. That is the mindset. And they Super believe. Bowl or bust. Yes, exactly. And I think when everybody's on the same page like that, special things can happen. It does. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I do think they're going to win yeah. the NFC East with the question marks we've already mentioned for, for those Go birds. three other teams. So Go Birds. Well, that'll about do it for us this week, folks. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri-City Radio, their Facebook page, and Twitter. And also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That has been a lot of fun watching that thing grow, and especially those YouTube shorts. Yeah. We get a lot of feedback on those. For sure. Those are a lot of fun. Fun to produce as well. And we also got those daily free picks over on TikTok for all you TikTokers out there. Yeah. For Joe Braun, the Parlay Pounder. I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.